And benvenuti, fellas and bellas all over the world. Welcome to another episode of the Napoli Rant. I am Raf Biz, joined by, joined by my co-host, the Vicar of Vesuvius, Rafa Rispo. Welcome What's going on, start. Raf Biz? How are you, my friend? I am well, sir. Thank you, and welcome back to you, and welcome to all our um, listeners on our audio podcast, as well as our live chat. Let's get this rant on the road. Napoli draw Fiorentina this weekend, 0-0 to zero in the Artemio Franchi uh, this weekend, which, according to uh, Football Italia, means that not a single team in Serie A has a 100% uh, record since 2012. 2013 wow that's an interesting interesting stat uh interesting i guess i guess uh in every season since then uh there's a there's been a team at at uh, week three with a with a hundred uh, percent record we could have done it this weekend but didn't uh didn't turn out to be that way but we'll talk about that ralph definitely definitely uh which which kind of shows just how competitive this league is getting so i mean it sure uh, lots, is. yeah lots of things to look forward to but uh on to the game guys uh we're going to start uh this week this week's episode with uh with our defense uh so we're dubbing this segment the d gets an a um our backline including our goalie rafa this week all got rated 7.5 or above, with the exception of Mario Rui at a 6.9, even though I think he had a decent game, but he was manhandled just a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Um, let me ask you, Rafa, was this kind of like a part of like lack of maybe quality chances of Fiorentina, or 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 did the D kind of show up uh, from Napoli, and or was it maybe a little bit of both? You know, I'm gonna go ahead and say. A little bit of both. Uh, I think Fiorentina showed up when it comes to their offense. I think they were a little bit lacking in the final third, um, but they definitely got some chances. You know, to say they had no chances or little chances was, you yeah. know, is is probably not very accurate. I think they got a fair amount of chances. Sure, five um, shots on goal, I believe. Yeah, five shots on goal, a few good saves by Medet. You know, Met, uh, <laughs> hey, and I tweeted anytime Medet gets near that ball. I, you know, I shake a little bit, you know, it's a little scary, but, um, you know, all in all, he did pretty well. Uh, as far as the defense goes, I think they handled their business quietly. I think a lot more though, Fiorentina were not very sharp in the final third when it came to, you know, the finishing, you had the late miss by, um, I think it was Barak. You had, Barak. You had yeah, you had I think Sotil was their best missing. chance, right? Right, yeah, right. Like they it. had Sotil who missed a chance too that, that could have been a little better. So sloppy in the final third from Fiorentina, but at the same time, uh, I think an A for the defense is a smart, uh, you know, it's, it's a good enough uh, grade for the defense. Um, Mary, you know, a little bodied, but a 6.9 is not a bad rating. It's on the cusp of seven, obviously. Uh, Kim, for me, was outstanding quietly i think quietly you know, I, I agree very I agree. quietly yeah uh but you know him and rachmani they seem a little more uh, uh comfortable with each other back there you know di lorenzo always kind of pulls up a, with a good uh performance so yeah i mean i think like i said a little bit of both but i think it's fair to say that napoli's defense really did uh you know take care of any kind of pressure from fiorentina no it's and it's, it's not easy be, being away from home and no, in an environment no. that they were in you know no that was certainly a hostile environment we'll get to that in the main end today uh but i was I'm, proud but I'm, of I'm, I'm sorry i was no. proud of medet with some of the there was one shot where he bo kind of bobbled in front of him but uh you know the defense swept it up nice or, or maybe he he ended up grabbing it yeah. but, but you know you you've got it you've got to catch the ball as a goalkeeper when it's an easy enough grab uh, and I think he got a little more comfortable as the game went on, and he did pretty well. I agree. Um, aside from that little flop, you know, that he had when the ball came out, he did all right. Yeah. But I, I just don't think, Rafa, I just don't think that, you know, Fiorentina, they, they, most of their shots were coming from that left side. And and to be honest, they weren't that hard to 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 stop. Right. So I, I, I think overall um, – you know, they had their chances. They were on their counterattack, but I think the defense showed up. I think, I think that um, Kim had a lot of aerial wins, a lot yes. of aerial duels that he won yesterday. Uh, he had mm -hmm. a lot of interceptions. He had a bunch of clearances. We saw him running forward again. He was definitely nominated for beast of the match this week. Again, I think that's like two mm -hmm. weeks in a row 
So he's gonna mm-hmm. get his soon. But it's just good to see that 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 pair up with Rachmani working. Even though I feel Rachmani had a number of giveaways uh, yesterday, but all in all, it, it really didn't it really didn't lead to anything. Yeah, the refs too. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like they're getting they're getting uh, they're getting a little bit comfortable with each other. So that's good. That's good news, because that was one of the big question points, question marks of the this new team is how will the defense fare? You know, those refs too. Ufa, Gerard Cafaro says, and uh, Daniel said, I was waiting the entire game to see the refs start a fight with a player. Yes, was that the one he was pushing people off? Or was that the yeah, yeah, yeah. But I say that guy, Tano. Well, uh, but good job on the defense yesterday. I was satisfied. Um, but on the opposite end of the field, uh, we're going to talk about the front three fronting. Now, what's kind of in everybody's mind right now, uh, Rafa, at least the Napoli Tifos, we had a disallowed goal by Victor. Mm. We had kind of an unforgivable missed header by Lozano. Mm-hmm. And then Camvada apparently just being tamed by the Brazilian right back, Dodo. Uh, from Fiorentina is the fan and, and some fans are kind of disappointed with, with, with their lack of goals, but yeah. is their disappointment valid Rafa or, or is there something else to this? No, their disappointment is valid. I, I would, I wasn't very thrilled with the offense yesterday. Um, you know, I did think that awesome played a little bit better than he did in the first two difference being that he produced goals in the first two and he he almost came right. away with a goal this time obviously uh there were a lot of people that were confused by the rule um <laughs> at first so was i and my household was a little uh upset with the rule until patrick kendrick the commentator for yesterday yes, you know, com- de- did mention that it is a right rightly called offside and that's when you know when patrick kendrick speaks you listen, you know, so you, look, you kinda, do listen, right? You listen, man. I kind of, I kind of, um, I kind of tend to go with him instead of my dad saying it was a bullshit call. I don't know if you guys <laughs> saw the, the, the Napoli rant Twitter in halftime yesterday, but uh, if you want to scroll down, check it out. My dad thinks everybody's against Napoli, which you know, Napoli contro tutti, it makes sense. But uh, sometimes when the right call is made, you need to pump the brakes and take a look at it. Well, why? Why is it the, 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 explanation is that in in an offside call mm-hmm. there's always there's always the goalkeeper that's considered a defender but nobody really like you know uh, pays any attention to the rule that the goalkeeper is part of the offside decision um so you need to be basically it was a right call so remember that you know Austin was in front of the keeper but there was still another you know, another defender there keeping him offside. So it right. was the right call. You know, it, as it was going on live, you kind of felt a little hard done by. Because mm-hmm. um, it was like by but, centimeters, Rafa. I mean, it, was it wasn't really, by really much. Close. It wasn't by much. Really close. But then, um, but then that that header, uh, you know, for Lozano, which and again, I think in I think at, at I think Lozano didn't play too bad either. Right. Um, but he wasn't very. You know, he wasn't very productive. That header should have gone in. Like he should or at least on those, target. At least on target. He right. should bury that. And and not and not for nothing. That was a really uh, that left a sour taste in everybody's mouth. It just wasn't to be. Um this poor guy. For, yeah, he can't really catch a break, to be honest. Can't catch a break. At, the, at the same time, you you gotta put those on target. You just do. You know, leave uh, Chucky uh, alone. <laughs> I love Chucky Lozano, man. Uh, did you guys see? You see the new Mexico kits, the away kits. They're so. Please look it up. The World Cup away kits for Mexico. They're the Pumas? gorgeous. Uh, no, they're Adidas. I'm getting one with oh. Chucky on it. I am doing it. It's so nice, dude. It's so nice. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, but I wanted to kind of like like segue from that Lozano header. To everybody, kind of jumping on Kvaraskelia's back for being contained by Dodo. Now, Dodo is a player I had on my shortlist for my fantasy team. I wanted that guy on my team. I really, I really rate this guy, and he just kind of really bossed uh, uh, Kvaraskelia yesterday. Yeah. yeah, man. However, that was a great ball sent in by Kvaraskelia. And cross, I feel like right. Vada. I feel like Vada sent in a few good balls. I also feel like Lozano sent in a few good balls. 
It just wasn't meant to be. They didn't produce. Um, but that was a Kvartovskalia ball. So everybody has to, I, I feel, again, third match of his Serie A career. He already produced four goals for us, three from the, you know, hitting the net, one as an assist. I think people need to pump the brake. Like people say pump the brakes on Kvartovskalia because he, he could get figured out. I think people need to pump the brakes when it comes to criticizing Kvartovskalia just from yesterday's game. It was a very tough team. Let's not forget that Antonin Badak, who played against Napoli with Verona in week one, he played 24 minutes against Napoli mm-hmm. off the bench, was signed three days ago and had some intel for Fiorentina on Napoli. You know, I'm not saying they didn't do their own homework, but Badak already played against this team and kind of knew what to expect. So I think there was there's something to be said about that too. Mm-hmm. Um but all in all, I, I, you know, yeah, it was disappointing from the offense, but, you know, it just, these are game, away, hostile environment, as we're going to talk about later. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's normal for, for a team with quality to come away with nothing, uh, you know, goal-wise, but we came away with a point, so that's the most important. Right. I'll read a couple of comments off real quick. Kentra for they say Osinim was too isolated. Yeah. We saw bits and pieces of this where what Osinim didn't have maybe kind of an outlet pass. We saw a few of those long balls like we saw last mm-hmm. year. Um so yeah, we uh, definitely make we need to make sure that that Ozanim's getting supported, at least an outlet pass, something where then he can continue to make his run and, and, and accept a pass and score a goal. I do agree on that. Salvador de Brita saying disappointment is valid, but it needs to spread out equally. Not just Cavada or Victor or Chuki, it was everyone. People can't, can't, people can't pick and choose who to hate after a game like that. Agreed. Blame everybody. I and think everybody looks a little sluggish. Yeah, and 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 I mean, no, hate's a big word. Hate is such there. a big word. You know, this is match three. So, everybody needs to kind of pump the brakes, calm oh, down. Right. Match three, it could have been a lot worse. We we're uh, you know, even if we had won the match yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. What would that leave us? Nine points. Okay, fine. Uh twice in the recent, like twice in the past five years, six years, we've gone eight wins straight and came away with nothing. You know, so right. so yeah, yeah, it would have been nice to be the leader of the pack. You know, you start to break away, but at the same time, you have five other teams that would have been behind us two points. You know what right. I mean? It's not like you can't you can't dictate a season in the first three. You have to go at least a quarter, nine, ten games. Agreed. You have to get some Champions League out right. of the way. You got to you got to really kind of use your bench the way you you know that they're intended to use it. Let's not forget, and we'll touch on the bench later. Right. But let's not forget that these guys just came here, and you know, not everyone is fully match ready. You know, not even though they were, we had a friendly against Juve Stabia and won three nothing, and all the bench scored. It, it, you know, you have to actually integrate still. You know, and they didn't have the luxury of training with us all summer long. So, you know, we got to. Sure. You know, the, there will be matches like this later on where our bench is going to come through for us. Watch. I agree. I agree. I, I we we kind of predicted a, a slow start, even though we were excited for all those goals and the performance they put on the first two games. It was above our expectations because I think all of us kind of thought that maybe the season will start off a little slow. I thought a little banya de humilidad against Fiorentina probably was a good thing. It's good to expose some of our weaknesses so we can tweak things in training. I like this from Danilo in Italy. I'll say it in English uh, uh, just so everybody can understand. Uh, he Basically, he said he wrote in Italian so that Dodo said that the next game, Cavada should pay the ticket to watch the game. <laughs> well, he's he's not high on Kvada. He wants Kvada to sit, is what he's trying to say, I guess, right? Uh-huh. I mean... Or, oh, or, no, Adetto, or Dodo, Dodo was oh, saying, like, oh, I see. Down. Dodo yeah. wants him to sit down. Yeah, yeah I, watch him I think yeah, Dodo, yeah. Dodo was handling he, he him. Was, he was handling him pretty well. He was fouled. And listen, Kvartacelli is going to get fouled. Like, like, like Lozano gets fouled. He gets, he gets fouled a lot. He draws a lot of fouls, cards, which is beneficial to us. Uh, and I don't expect anything less from Kvartacelia. He he's going to get banged up. I did say that in a few past shows. He's going to get banged Elade. up. Elade, like best friends now. Yeah, Gricacho is a is a new Good friend dude. of ours. So that's new yeah, I, he's cool. Yeah. So if you're Greek, Malaga, and you want to know the Greek players, follow Gricacho. He's 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 a good dude, man, and he has a nice show. I watch it a few times. That's so. good. 
uh going through all right let, let's move on there's a lot of comments in the in in the uh in the chat right now but moving on to the middle of the field guys um mid got mid remember last week we did this guys we were talking we were talking about you know new modern slang terminology and and how mid means like not so mid good means bad no mid, mid means bad. bad yeah all right and and, and, and here's cool. the thing I, I, you know i gotta go to my kids to to ask what's mid what is mid what's mid mid, mid is terrible here i am thinking terrible. mid is so so mid is supposedly terrible so that's how today's slang works and uh, the uh, week one we talked about how the mid was not so mid you know, everybody was kind of, uh, you know, a little bit uh, worried about our midfield, you know, no Fabian now, you know, uh, what's going to happen. And it, it really bossed the first two games. But this one, the mid, did it get mid, Ralph? I mean, well, here's the deal. And Guisa was given man of the match by foot mop, number one. So I had a great game. Uh Lobo being kind of swarmed in that midfield. Uh, yes. What's his name? Amrabat. 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 Uh, really handled him. Real. He handled that whole team. Amrabat. If anything, he would have been. If if this was a Fiorentina pod, I would have gave him the beast without a doubt. Um, mm -hmm. Zelinski, I thought was decent. Some people was giving him a hard time. I, I think he pressed forward. I think he was in on most of the attack, at least in the first half. But then he gets taken out in the sixty-first minute. So it's it, it's really hard to kind of i don't know if it's fair to judge him but i think he had it it wasn't his best game but i think he had his pretty decent game i think he really did try to help and that, that fiorentina pressing was hard but for you rafa how, how how did the midfield fare out i think that's where we kind of struggled you know um yeah we struggled up front but i think it it stemmed from the midfield um Definitely not a Lebuk of performance, you know. Uh, he right. came out. He came, obviously he came out. Um, Angisa was totally the best player in the, on the field. Um, even I thought, though, at the last maybe quarter hour of the game, uh, he was slowing down a bit, maybe getting a little, you know, losing the ball a little bit, being a little too cautious. Mm -hmm. um, and there's reasons for that. But Zielinski, too, I mean, yeah, he had an okay game. I didn't really hear much from him in the second half. Um, so the midfield was a little lacking to me this time around. Uh, mm -hmm. I feel like if the midfield did a little bit better as a unit, um, this might have been a different outcome. But, you know, Fiorentina were prepared. Uh, Fiorentina were definitely playing Napoli man-to-man -man instead of, like, zonal defense. They were man-to-man -man on these guys, and they figured out how to contain Napoli. Um, and, you know, listen, hand, hats hats off to Italiano. He knows how to play against Napoli. He just does. He's one of those coaches that knows what to expect from a Napoli team, a Spalletti team, I guess. You know, uh, before that, a Gattuso team. Like, like, this team, he knows how to handle. He knows how to handle pressures, too. So um, this for Fiorentina was their third straight match without conceding. They've also mm -hmm. not scored in the not scored either. Yeah. yeah, the Serie A game, the Conference League game in the midweek, and this game. You know, they made it out of the Conference League qualifiers. They're in the group stage. They didn't need to score. They didn't. They they made sure they did. They didn't concede. And I think gaining a point against you know one of the best teams in the league. Let's put it out there. Napoli uh, is a good result for them. But it was all in the man marking, in my opinion. I think they did it, like you said. Hundred uh, percent. You know, uh, um, Amrabat is a, did a very good job against um, against uh, Lobo, and uh, you know the the their substitutions came in and took care of things too. So, uh, you know, hats off to them. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a terrible match. It wasn't a terrible match. I enjoyed the match. I thought it was right. a good game. Uh, I thought Napoli played as good as they could without having a sharp attack and midfield. Um, and I thought Fiorentina were decent until they got up to the you know final third. So in my opinion, um, yeah, the midfield could have done better, but you know, there's gonna be games like that. It's just gonna happen. Right. Just want to say hello to I Pelican, new fan here. Hello, new Pelican. Fan. Thank you What's for up, joining us, friend? man. We appreciate it. Uh, I just want to go to a couple. I, Ralph, I'm uh, I, for the most part, I'm with you. I I, I think it, 
it was really, really tough on them. Uh, Fiorentina and, and Vincenzo Italiano did a great job just just choking the midfield, choking Lobotka. Uh, I, and again, somebody said here, like, start it. It was about, and here, Carl Arbor said, and Guisa's yellow conditioned him for the whole match. And I agree. I mean, this guy played 90 minutes with a yellow card. I mean, there's plenty of times that I'm sure he wanted to go harder than he probably did and, and you know, didn't because he didn't want to get kicked out the game. That's that's really tough for a player. And again, Lobotka, like, just suffocating him, they won't let him run. So, um, And the referees weren't the greatest either, you know? And, and I don't like to – I don't really like anymore to, like, blame the refs too much because it's just such a cliche thing to do, you know? You, you have a bad game or you don't have a good, good enough game, you miss it on a point – it's easy to start blaming the referees, but I really do believe that this referee wasn't the greatest. He wasn't calling anything for Fiorentina at all. And then Napoli's first foul, which don't get me wrong, Anguisa's foul warranted a yellow card. Watch the replay. Studs were up, hit the high, hit the high uh, part of the um, you know, ankle. Total yellow card offense, but it was literally the first foul. I also would have been okay with him saying, yo, calm down. One more time I see that, even though it's early, you're getting a yellow card. You know what I mean? Instead, he pulls a card out right away, and it was uh, another one of the matches. I don't think it was last week. It might have been the week before when we were together, Ralph, for the meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Napoli's first first foul was a yellow right away. I might have been a little book. I don't remember who it was. But anyway, the point is what I'm trying to say is the referee was really not the best you know he wasn't there were a lot of fouls you know that that there were a lot of he eventually started pulling the card out for Fiorentina but there were a lot of times where he wasn't even calling fouls and you know Spalletti had to get loud with the referee and he ended up giving Spalletti a yellow so you know I think the team as a whole played a little conservative after that too you don't want to risk getting a red card or this early in the season where teams are like right behind you and then you have to go play Leche and worry about suspensions. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think I'm afraid re- of a little bit. He, inconsistencies from the referee. Um, just not a good, not a good game from them. Um, you know, obviously the right call for the for the offside. I uh, there could have been a there could have been a, an opportunity for a penalty, but at the same time, I don't really think that. You know, there was I think if he called a penalty, I would have been cool. You know, I, I think it would have been understood by people. But mm. at the same time, that handball in the box wasn't really purpose, you know, on purpose. But who knows what the rule is now with these things? And, right. uh, you know, I, I, again, like I said, I just think, think of it hits your body, it's your hand. Yeah. Like that, right. It, it hits your could, body could, first to your hand and it's not. Right. So. And honestly, what happened was it hit. It, I think it hit. I forgot who went up for the header. Someone on our team. But but he went up for the header. It, it it hit off of him and like came down, bounced and hit his hand, you know. But the referee was not good at all. So um, again, I don't like to go. The... Yeah, ref was horrible, but we got some very gracious calls. Gracious calls as well. Yeah. I think we did towards the towards the middle and the end of the game. I think. Yeah. So well, we'll see what happens. But uh, but now going towards the end of the game, Roth, and about the I think it was like the sixty first minute when. Spalletti started making some of his changes. Uh, he he put on some of the new guys. Um, he took off Zelensky and 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 some of the others. But we're calling this one "What for Nation." <laughs> um, again, we, we he didn't he did use five all subs. He started in the sixty-one minute. He his last subs were uh, in Dombele and Simeone in the seventy-eighth. Uh, we saw Elmas in there as well for Cavada. Uh, he did change his formation to a four-two-three-one. I think that was the purpose of the at least the first two subs with with Elmas and Cavada and Raspadori with Zelinsky. Rafa, good move, bad move. Chat, good move, bad move. Listeners on the comments, good move, bad move. Because I think this is such an important topic. We were all waiting for this 4-3-3 to come. We saw it the first two games. We scored our goals. Some people hate the 4-2-3-1. Some people love it. But what gives? I'm all for what works. And I don't think we've trained enough with the 4-2-3-1 right now. Uh, again, if Sassuolo just freaking let us take Raspadori off his hands, 
And we might have been able to practice a little more with the four, two, three, one. Now that, that being said, the substitutions for me, I thought it was the right thing to do to get these new players on. Um, you have to get them integrated into the club. So putting on Raspadori was a smart move. And I think at that point, there's no other choice but to, you know, go the four, two, three, one with him behind Aussie men for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to understand that Ndombele and Simeone both haven't had much training in the summer, as much anyway, as Raspadori. Raspadori not only trained with Sassuolo all summer long, but he played in Coppa Italia matches. He played in the first match against Juventus, and he's match fit for Napoli. Now the job is to integrate him into the squad and maybe figure out a 4-3-3 with him. Maybe work on the four-two-three-one and figure out. Ken said it. I saw it just now. We don't have a midfield for a double double pivot because the the double pivot works a lot with Fabian. So we have to get in Dombele integrated. Uh, Lobotka and Gisa, I think, can do it, but it wasn't as good as Fabian when Fabian was in there. Um, I don't know if the Fabian. It doesn't matter. He's not playing, but Fabian apparently. Should be at PSG by now. I don't right. know what's going on with that. I haven't. All the to all the Photoshop pictures are out already, so right. uh, I guess you know when but, Photoshop gets involved. Yeah, that. yeah. Right. But the substitutions maybe could have come a little bit sooner. I think, uh, you know, they brought Raspadori on and uh, and I think it was Elmas together uh, yeah. in the sixty first. Sixty first, right? Which isn't bad. But then you know he kind of waited. You know, it was like subs every 10 minutes, you know. I don't yeah, know the next was... one was Palatano for Lozano in the 71st, and Indembele and Simeone came on in the 78th, both for Lobo and Victor. So so the thing the thing with Ndombele was what I saw of the match, which was not too, too much of the last 10 minutes. It was sort of like wrapping the family up or leaving for, you know, the end of vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I saw Ndombele, I thought I saw someone who was really getting stuck in sort of like giving a lot of, uh, you know, um, spunk to the midfield. But then he gets the yellow, and he almost gives up a pass, or he gives up the ball that created a chance for Fiorentina, which was pretty bad. Um, Simeone didn't get into his groove at all. Um, Yeah. And and honestly, um, you know, Politano coming in for Lozano is the move that everybody knew was going to happen. It's like for like. I'm still going to go out and say I'd like to see Politano start and then Lozano come off the bench because most of the time when I see Lozano come off the bench, him and Ossiman really link up. Like a fresh Lozano in late in the game links up with Ossiman well, in my opinion. And that's, you know, I said that before the season started. I want to see Politano start over Lozano just because of that. has nothing to do with how I feel about either player. I like them both. Politano was getting into it, but one or two touches too much with the ball. He, yeah, he needs to get rid of the ball a little earlier. Uh, same thing with Kratochkalia, honestly. He's got to, and he admitted this himself, He's got he realizes a fault of his is keeping the ball too long. He's got to make moves a little bit faster. He's going to learn that as, this, as the season goes on in the new league. But um, Elmas on the wing, I mean, normally he does really well on the wing. Um, but... Uh, just Not that. was a, it was all a miss. It was all a miss. Raspadori, however, um, really did impress me. He impressed me. He got a yellow, but he impressed me when it comes to coming in and creating a, a new energy for the team. So I think he played pretty well. A um, couple of really nice touches, good passes. Um, but I kind of want to see him get in there as like a, you know, an alternative to to Ossiman at times. You know, um, maybe in a four through three, uh, but we also have Simeone, so this is good. We have depth. The depth is there. I just think that the the, the two, the three new acquisitions have got to integrate themselves a little bit better with the club, which they will do. Just trust me, they will be fine. Right. I'm going to read out a couple. Call. I, I kind of want to respond to this because, to be honest, the. the now I was watching. I was watching Napoli talk with Dom uh, on his post game 
uh, on his post-game analysis. And, and it was one thing that I liked that he said that when we got to the 4-2-3-1, we started seeing more counterattacking. Fiorentina got a, like almost immediately after had a, like two, three big chances just rushing towards the rushing towards Manette with the ball. Um, again, nothing, obviously nothing was converted, but still uh, we saw that gap. It kind of gave us a little PTS from like last season, Rafa, um, as, as far as formation goes in the middle. And, and you can hear him kind of yelling at Anguisa. Anguisa wasn't really so much, I don't know, maybe maybe because of the change of formation, the yellow card, his fatigue. I don't know what it was, but just wasn't quite into it. At the but end of it, the game. At the end of the game. Yeah. yeah, I would say towards like the 70th the something. It made me one in, yes. in Dumbele got in. Yeah, towards the 75th minute more or less. But in the beginning of that, I did see, I, I think I think Spalletti was just trying to take a risk to score a goal. You know, we said last time he was a little bit more conservative last year, trying to like hold a, a lead or a tie or what have you. I think this game... I think the purpose of that formation was to try to get a goal was because we saw a lot more numbers forward. It's just we couldn't convert. Raspadori almost scored immediately. I think we had another chance as well, almost immediately. It yeah, just, Raspadori it, it, had that save. Dividends. He had that ball saved by, um, yeah. you know, the Go, Mr. Goal, Golini. 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 Goalkeeper Golini. Golini the goalie. <laughs> but. Um, so I don't mind it. I don't think we should be a one formation team. I think when, you know, was it to, uh, when, when needed having a second formation is a good thing. And the four, two, three, one is probably going to be that formation. We always see them fall back to a four, four, two on defense, which is like the defensive cousin of the four, two, three, one. So right. I think all in all, it's okay. I actually don't mind it. it it's kind of why Raspadori is there. Maybe he wants to take a central role. Uh, Ken Freddy was saying earlier in the chat. So, I'm not too mad at it, to be honest, but I just want to make sure we're not getting caught out there, you know, when 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 we do do things like this. But hats off to Fiorentina. He just had a really good game, man. And, and you know, I don't think uh, – uh, so, so, hi, it's Antoinette. Hi. Oh, so yeah. speak, speak – you, you mentioned cousin before. This yeah. is uh, my cousin's account, so for Luca. Um, he surprised me today with a visit to New York. He oh. was in Florida, right? Wonderful. Um, but he surprised me with a one-day visit. He's actually going back tomorrow. Uh, I, I I get back to the shop. I get to cutting right away. And who walks in? This guy walks in. And I'm looking. And, guys, I can't really see with my glasses far. I, I need a new prescription. But here he comes with the sun glare. And I'm like, this looks like Luca in a Roma shirt. What's going on here? <laughs> he came in <laughs> He's wearing an old Roma. I said, and he comes in. And I'm like, son of a bee. This is my cousin Luke. With a friggin' Roma shirt walking in. Uh, anyway, Antoinette is his, is his girlfriend. We've known the family, close family friends for a long, long time. So what's up, Antoinette? What's going on? How are you? Ciao, Antoinette. Welcome to the show. Uh, so beast of the match, guys. Who it is? I'll give you all a second to catch up with us. I know a little delay in things. Uh, who is your beast of the match, guys? On the audio or on the replay, tell us in the comments. Let, let, me, let us know what you thought. Uh, we're about to tell you what we thought. Uh, we're gonna put it up here in a second. It's a close one. It's a close it's one. Tight, man. It's a it, was close. Tight. it was tight. It was tight. tight for me. It was tight for me. Um, but it could have gone either way. So I let you pick it, Ralph. Yeah. So go out ahead. All right, folks. Well, here it is. Beast in a match. You know, despite everything that just had to be, this man Frank Inguisa, man, certainly a beast. Uh you know, helped on the offense, helped in the midfield, did all he can. Hell, he had he had some runs back on defense, uh, Rafa, that probably stopped a couple goals. Uh, this man probably saved saved points for us, in, yeah. in, in my opinion. And he did it all in 90 minutes with a yellow card. He was trying out there. He really was. I, I think most of the midfield, I think LeBlanc, again, he had a hard time. Um I, I think Kim had a great game as well. He was an he 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 got a Nami for 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 BOM, but uh, I'm giving it to Frank Rafa. How do you feel about it? So Frank was named Man of the Match with Foot Mob, and normally we tend to go against the Man of the Match. I think this is the second time we went for the Man of uh, Man of the Match this this uh, the season okay. so far out of three. Um, you know, not I, and my my next pick was Kim. Um, mm -hmm. I had a I had a um a brief argument with myself over maybe considering Medet. 
Now, Manette was uh, a 7.7 rating. He was the next closest uh, best rating um, besides Angisa. And then Kim came in with a 7.5. I just think Kim's game was a little quiet. Like I mentioned, quietly, he had a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Angisa's uh, determination, uh, winning the ball is huge for me. Winning the ball back or winning the ball at any any point. Um, like I said, towards the end, he lost the ball a little bit. I think he was tired. I think he was very mentally tired, too. You have to go all game, you know, taking it easy with a yellow card. But he gave it his all despite that. You know, he's still careful, but he gave it his all carefully. So, in my opinion, I think this was the right call on Gisa uh-huh. piece of the match. Um, you know, and honestly... If you have a guy like this in your midfield, he's a, he's definitely a gem. You know, he's yeah. he's proven it time and time again in the very short time he's been with us, one season plus, you know, um, and made an impact right away. As we all know, he made an impact in this game too. So, beast of the match, Angisa. For me. Yeah, uh, same here. Same here. I love it, guys. Love it. Uh, I know some people <laughs> Ken said can't be man in a match, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's oh, our no, opinion. I think he, he meant Medet because the, the first it? the first comment he he before that comment he said Medet had oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So so well, I think that dropped. Oh, was it a response? All right, had disregard. Had no, you know, I'm insecure now because everybody's like, "Hey, I thought you didn't pick man in a match for beast of the match." We don't. We try not to. You know, we 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 try to give it to somebody. But to be honest, just like the first game, Laboka just. Working hard, man. Like he, he, yeah, he earned man of the match as well. But he was also a beast. He beasted mm-hmm. it out there. Uh, sometimes, you know, you you get all these like the, the goal scorers usually get man in the match. Somebody scores two goals, or whatever, and then and his and his ratings get boosted, so they get the MOM. And then the guy who is doing all the work somewhere, you know, cleaning up on defense or or facilitating passes, they never get any love, so they become our beast. But the thing is. These past two games, the man of the match was also the beast of the match, and it's just kind of way the way it worked out. We try not to do it, but uh, but yeah, he was man of the match for a foot mob at the very least. But he was our beast of the match, just 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 off the strength of everything that he did on that field. I just thought he was the best player out there, man, like all around, all around. All right, but now so we're gonna we got uh one we got our main rant coming up, guys, uh, and and it's and it's an emotional topic. We'll. we'll you know, we'll try to do our best to stay level-headed, but uh, it was the name of our show today. It was Upside Down and Inside Out. Uh, part of it, it's kind of a two-part uh, rant. Part of it was was the whole Ronaldo fiasco and all the talk that's going on on the market with OCNM and $100 million and Ronaldo's salary, yada, yada, yada. Plus, um, some of the images that we saw from the game. You know, this is our, our second game now in three that, that basically – you know, Napoli has to to deal with some discriminatory things. And I believe Joe Joe Fischetti reported on his Fortsanopoli press that that in fact Fiorentina was fined another fifteen thousand uh for religious what the hell like religious chants or something like that and, and it discriminatory was so, it, it, it yeah it was it was to, it was towards I don't know if that was the same thing but it was I know that they were chanting towards Spalletti's mother something towards Spalletti's mother where it riled him up. He, they were, they were on him the whole, the whole game. And at the end of the game, he went out to one of the, uh, uh, the Daspo, I guess of the, of the Fiorentina fans and, uh, or the Fiorentina, you know, one of the ultras groups. And they had a really intense face to face where uh, a little while, you know, while during it, yeah. Right. Spalletti had a bottle thrown at him. And then the, 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 the ultra went to, you know, slap Spalletti in the face. He went, he threw it's a hand. Crazy. It's crazy. And he, sh- he should not only be banned. Fiorentina caught a slap in the wrist with the, with the, uh, the, the fine, but he should be banned from that stadium for, for a long time. You don't go, you don't go trying to attack a play, uh, a player coach, anybody that doesn't right. belong, you know, anybody that belongs on the pitch, a fan shouldn't approach to try to attack. That's just absolute no, no for me. No, I don't care who you are. You shouldn't be allowed in there, but yeah, uh, as far as the religious chants go, I'm not too sure what, what happened with that, but you know, it doesn't surprise me. Fiorentina, 
Fiorentina fans are not, they, uh, for some reason, as much as we both have in common that we can't stand Juventus, uh, they don't, they don't regard us either. So I don't really yeah. care about Fiorentina or their fans. They're all, you know, it's, it's trash. It's, it's terrible. And there's no yeah. room in the sport for it. It's, there's none. Right. Like, thank you for La Bisteca Fiorentina, but the rest of y'all can fuck off. Yeah. No, I, 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 didn't, I didn't like it. I, I didn't. I mean, why are you talking about somebody's mother? I mean, like, why doesn't like any people say like we're so sensitive to things. But meanwhile, all these chants, like no other team experiences this except for Napoli. Like what, what other team, you know, gets 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 ragged on about the coach's mother? None. And then religion. And then. You know, natural disasters that should that should kill our population, or this what was it, Spezia versus was it Salernitana, Rafa? The yeah, last no, game? it was Spezia Sassuolo. Sassuolo, uh, I'm sorry. Starting, it we're not even there. Match. Like, get man, jump off, man, jump off, Italy, jump off. Three games in a row, Napoli's just getting shitted on by everybody. What what did we do? Like, what did we do to hurt your feelings? Are you just mad? Are you jealous? Because let's keep it real. Napoli is in the conversation now. Napoli is in it, and they hate it. And Serie A hates it. Italy hates it. They hate the fact that the Southern team is actually doing something. Because Rome ain't shit. Lazio ain't shit. Sassuolo ain't shit. But Napoli is. But Napoli is. So, I don't know. Call it jealousy. Call it ignorance. Call it whatever you want. But it's stupid. I mean, first game, come on. We're, we're, getting, we're, we're getting monkey noises at Victor. And then our fans are getting mobbed and harassed on the streets. And then the Spezia game, we're getting chance against us. We're not even there. Now we come to Fiorentina. Our coach is getting slapped, getting a bottle thrown at them. They talk about their mother. They have these religious things. Now they're getting fined. That's three games in a row, boys and girls. Three games in a row. Brescia talks about COVID against us. Fucking all the other teams talk about natural disasters. What other chant? Tell me, please. Tell me. What other chant? What other team chants about a natural disaster or people dying or, or just anything that's not about football? Like what other team experiences this Monopoly? I don't. I don't get it. Like stop the, it. It's pathetic. I think, the, I think the only other team that experiences it in Italy is Torino with the Super the Superga tragedy, the 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 plane that killed uh, the whole right. Torino team that that big forties Torino team that won a bunch of scudetti and and uh, a lot of them were Italian national team players. I think. I I, I mean, listen. I, I've seen it, so I'm not going to say I think. I know. But um, it's a it's a an occurrence for Juventus to go ahead and uh, you know um, uh, diss them um, using the Superga um, tragedy, which is a uh, pretty uh, it's like pot calling the kettle black because a lot of a lot of fans uh, you know they get mad when fans talk about Heisel, which was a terrible tragedy, terrible. Um, but uh, you know it's just there's no place for it again in the game. There's no place for it at all. I don't. I don't condone it, and I hate it. Uh, there was even that. There was either Lazio beat uh, Inter this weekend three to one, and there was that graphic that someone put up with uh, the Lazio player. Oh, yeah, like a dog. With the, right, it was a grand dog leash. Yeah, the the collar with uh, Lukaku's head on it, and yeah, just a, anti, you know, and and that's racism. Um, yeah. What's going on with Napoli is territorial discrimination. It's just, it's it, you know, I'm not going to say it's as bad as racism, but it's a problem. It's a problem. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's a problem in, 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 in Italy for the league to go ahead and, and continue to find teams. Now, when is enough going to be enough? It's just, it's just like, you know, I think like you said on the tweet today, it's going to be, it's, it's, it's the league making money off of teams who are doing it. So all they do is slap them on the wrist with this fine, and they make money. They so everybody's care. happy. They don't. They don't care. take points. They don't they take. Don't They're all the same. Even the FIGC. Man. Just it's all the stupid. same thing. They're just as bad. I'm sorry. And what's it's this it. with the 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 fan with the upside like the inside out? The, the, yes, the different. young, the young. You know that could have been what twelve years old. I don't even know. Made her, I guess, flip her jersey inside out because she was sitting. Presumably a, a, next to a family member, maybe her father, who was a Fiorentina fan, but she had an Opoly fan on. So I don't know. I mean, nice. is Real it nice. that bad? Is it Real that nice. bad that some fucking Goomba had to come up to a 12-year-old little girl and tell her, hey, flip your jersey around because we don't support Napoli here. I mean, like, 
now get that's over just, it. that's just bad parenting honestly you know and and here's here's the thing uh, rafa he, listen hold on before we hold on i'm sorry let me just cut you off right there the bad parenting maybe but let me tell you if that guy's life was threatened by some fucking delinquent ultra i would have told my daughter flip your jersey but at the same time i probably would have never put my daughter into that situation in the first place you know what kind of environment that is you're gonna bring a 12 year old with an Opley jersey in that environment you can expect some backlash. So yeah, but it's not. In, it's in, not. In that respect, it's bad parenting. But the, I mean, no. See, and I don't. Agree, I don't agree there, Ralph, because okay. because I don't mind bringing my kid, who's a who's a who's a, a Yankee fan, to a Mets game. You know what I'm saying? I got a kid who's with me as a Met fan. I have a kid who's a Yankees fan. So I don't mind doing that. But at the same time, we are talking about different environments. But yes, there are fights. A lot of times when we go to Philly, we like to go to Philly. The le the second leg of our trip was in Philly. We went to a Phillies game. I hate the Phillies. But guess what? We love mm -hmm. Philadelphia. We love going to the sports games. They're very cheap. And we have a good time. So uh, you have to see the amount of the and, – and the first time I was ever in Philly, I wanted to go to a Mets game because it was Mets-Phillies in Philly. Mm -hmm. I had my Met hat ready to go. Ali was like, nope, it's not happening. We're not going to a game where you're going to cheer the Mets and we're going to get killed. Right. Not for nothing. But at that game, there were so many players. There were so many fans with Mets hats. We went to the Phillies against the Pirates. There were tons of fans with Pirates shirts on. There were people walking side by side, Phillies, Pirates. So over here, it's a little different. I get it over there, too. But I have seen environments where fans of two different teams Two kids wearing different op opposing jerseys are sitting side by side and having a great time. There's no reason why he should have made her turn her shirt inside out. If he's going to protect her, then then he needs to protect her and forget about the fact that he's a Fiorentina fan and respect the fact that she's a Napoli fan and protect her in other ways. No, don't turn your jersey inside out. What is how how does that? How does that Rafa make it is. any less noticeable that this is a Napoli? If I turn this jersey around inside out right now and someone turns our rant on right this second, are they going to be like, huh, that Napoli shirt is inside out? Oh, it's still a Napoli shirt. What is Rafa, that doing? I Rafa, that I, if, I'm sorry, but it, that we're missing a piece to the story here. There's no way. Listen, the, the girl, if that's her dad, let's just assume that that was her dad. If, I mean, they went out the house together. He knew very well she was wearing this jersey. I'm sure he didn't say, hey, listen, uh, you know, Fiyami, uh, please turn off. Turn, you, if you want to wear that jersey, you got to turn it upside down. I highly doubt that a father said that to his daughter. I mean, it could be possible that maybe the father's from Tuscany. Maybe her mother's not believed on. We don't know that. People get married all over the place. And she for some reason or another, is a fan of Napoli. Maybe our no-no brought it to a game one day. I Maybe don't know. But let me tell you, shit things. like that is dirty delinquents telling that little girl. I'm telling you right now. And let me tell you, Napoli isn't always the innocent with some of these things either because I was in I was in Curva B one day and I saw a little kid with a sign holding up a sign and he was a Napoli fan. I don't know what it was. And an ultra turned around told him, put down the sign. Put down the side. Little kid, probably 10, 11 years old, who just wanted to, you know, put up his little banner there, and they made him take it down. They treat the kids like shit. They don't care. They feel like they're in charge. I'm telling you, at least I feel that somebody went up to this little girl and her father was like, tell your daughter to flip, or maybe it was before they got in. I don't know. They're assholes and said, make sure if your daughter's going to wear that, you need to flip it inside out. It was a statement. It was a power move. And they did it to an eight-year-old according to what somebody said here so just it's just a sad bad situation. look it's on sad national tv no on national tv man just bad feel bad for that little girl man i hope they give her season tickets or something Jeez. but let's let's let, let's move on because i'm tired of talking about these dirt bags man let's finish up uh ronaldo mm. ronaldo i all of a sudden it's like I don't know how I feel about this, man. I, I was, I'm kind of happy with the team. All of a sudden, you throw Ronaldo in the mix, and boom, another thing to divide us once again. You know, it's just like we just couldn't just like where was Navas we just, and we, we were done. Yeah, we can't just you know? have a serene, you know, uh, everyone's together, everyone's happy because this this is dividing the, the fans again. It is. It's always something to divide them. You got ADL haters uh, questioning why he's coming. You got ADL lovers question why he's coming. He's not even coming. Let's just put it that way. 
Yeah. Reports today said that he's not coming. I I am relieved that he's not coming. I was I was very back and forth with this, but I my final stance on Ronaldo, Ralph, is this. Okay. Yes. I don't care what Mario Ruiz says. <laughs> I know he knows Cristiano Ronaldo a lot better than I do. Sure. He says that he's a fan of Ronaldo and that he would be well liked in the locker room and he would he would only contribute to this team. I highly disagree with that even though he's there and I'm just Rafa from Saratoga Springs. But that being said, the amount of money that would come our way in this entire deal. Uh, now, again, initially, the, the idea was Napoli sell Ossiman to Manchester United for like 120 euro. We get Ronaldo for a two-year loan, and they pay um, like eighty percent or something. Eighty percent, yeah. Or, or it was like, it was like they pay a hundred percent. I think at one twenty they wanted the ADL wants Manchester to pay full his full wages, like just get him off the team, which obviously is not going to work. So ADL said, came back and said, okay, then one forty, and I'll pay twenty percent of the wages because with the extra twenty mil. I can afford to do that for Ronaldo for two years. Pay because like 30% is 10 million, right? Right. Now, now, initially, my thought was Ronaldo comes into this team. He's older. Yeah, he's still regarded as one of the best players in the world, obviously. He's going to gain a lot of attention, obviously. He's going to sell a lot of shirts, obviously. But, He's also going to bring in these fair weather plastic Ronaldo fans that were Juve fans two years ago, that were new Manchester United fans because he went there, that are going to be MLS team, insert MLS team here, probably Inter Miami fans mm -hmm. when he leaves Napoli, mm -hmm. that don't care about the team, that will buy the shirt and wear it because it says Ronaldo. And this is a fact, guys. I went to WrestleMania 35 in New Jersey. There was a Juventus shirt floating around with Ronaldo 7 on it and I went up to the guy and said Forza Napoli sempre he turned around and looked at me like I had seven heads had no idea what I was talking about he was no just idea. wearing it because it was Ronaldo and let's just say he wasn't an Italian let's just say that okay so I don't want that in my club A and B I don't want his prima donna selfish crybaby whiny abs on this team. I don't want it. Plus, where's he going to go? Is he going to be our striker? Because we're going to sell Aussie men, right? Where's he going to go? I don't want him playing for Kvaratskhelia on the left. I don't want him playing on the right. I don't want him in the striker position. I just don't want He's him not a central team. striker, man. He's no, not I don't want him on the team. That's that, okay? Now, here's where I kind of turn, right? Consider the fact that Ronaldo made Juventus better because he was the only person on the team doing anything, right? He leaves Juventus, and they're in shambles, right? It's a totally different situation with us. If we do sell Ossiman and get that money in, mm -hmm. plus are only responsible for a fraction of his wages, and... If we do win something with Ronaldo and he leaves, or even if we don't do something with Ronaldo and he leaves, we're in a much better situation than we were when you when he left Juve. Much better. Not only do we have a better team around Ronaldo, but we've got money. We've got, you know, means to replace and improve the team on everything, every, all around. The club improves with the money for Ossiman. Now, again, it, it, it includes an Ossiman sale. And I don't want Ossiman to leave. I don't want him to go. I don't want him to go next year. There's a lot of talk about, oh, Bayern Munich's going to buy him next year because they don't have an out-and-out -out striker. They need one. They'll come up with the money, blah, 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 blah. Fine. I respect that. But for some, for some reason, I feel like all this um, – all this saving money on the on the you know on the payroll 
is going to lead to an extension for Karadzkalia and hopefully an extension for Ossiman. <clears throat> and I'm hoping that this season in the Champions League, he does really well with Napoli and so good to say, you know what? I'll take the extension and the more money. The problem Why is not? bigger teams are going to offer him more money. We'll Even... offer him something. They'll offer him more. So he's probably going to go. So it's a very vicious cycle for me. Uh, the bottom line is I don't want to ruin the chemistry of this team right now. And what if he comes and we don't win anything? Then what? Like, ADL will be ridiculed forever. Forever. No matter what. So, I don't know. I, I'm very torn about it. But this, yeah, I just, at the end of the day, I don't want him. He's he's practically a rapist. And I will say that and not not have any apologies about saying that. Hey, the freaking few, guy. The freaking guy. People agree pretty much you. admit he admitted he admitted to it almost. So I'm not down with that, you know. And I realize that a lot of news articles and news and like you know Napoli content are trying to gain clicks by Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Ronaldo. That's going to generate clicks, and it yeah. sucks. But at the end of the day, it's news, and we should report on it, and we should talk about it. But then there's the fact that, and this is public knowledge now so i can i can out my source mm -hmm. <clears throat> oma akatugba i dm'd him and he told me before he went on any program that victor hasn't heard a thing from anyone and as far as victor knows he's playing on napoli in the champions league this season so when i when he dm'd me that that was my okay breathe this is not happening moment you know then he goes on on uh I forgot what it was Calcio Napoli 24 or 24 uh, uh whatever news outlet it was he went on their show and basically reiterated what he told me in the private dm right he's not coming i i don't i don't i, I just it just i feel like that i feel like adl's way of politely saying thanks but no thanks to mendez Man United and whoever was involved was okay. We're not looking to sell Victor Osimhen, but if you want him, this is what I want. If you don't want to pay that, then thanks, and I'll see you later. So there you go. That's my rant. Love it, Rafa. We'll see what happens, man. I'm I'm not going to add too much to that. I think again, whatever is best for the team, whatever. Whatever uh, uh, I like, what can could be our EBITDA. Whatever the administration decides, I'll be okay. You know, certainly, I don't want to lose Victor per se right now. Um, I understand the value of bringing Ronaldo like that, but it does bring baggage. It does bring a spotlight, and can Napoli handle that? I don't know. They just need to tweak a few things right now and get their Bro, shape they can't, and their form. They It'll be fine. They can't handle putting names on the back of kits right now. How are they gonna yeah. handle doing Ronaldo's name on back of kits? Come on. Their 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 press machine is gonna go on fire. But uh, let's get a big Forza Napoli sempre going in the chat, guys. I'll put on a little bit of closing music, man. And Pasquale, where is Navas? What's going on with that, man? Don't What's know. What's going man. on I'm, with Navas, man? I'm sure. Well, you know, we're gonna do the our, our part two as a Are we better off coming up soon? We're waiting for this market to end. And I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that. You know, who came, who didn't came. Um, the Mercato ends on uh, the first, the first. It's like a couple six, days, right? Six o'clock p.m. Eastern on the first. The market is, is over. And that is when I will give my one to 20. I'm not giving my one to 20 before Mercato's over. It's not happening. I'm giving it when the Mercato closes. That's when I'm giving mine. And maybe I'll read it off when we do our part two. Are we better off? Maybe, guys. Thank Ralph, you so you much. Do, maybe you do one. Maybe you do one to 20? Yeah. Ross and Ross, one to 20? Yeah, man. Man, that's going to be tough, man. It's, gonna, it's, it's so tough this year, man. It is so tough. But I like that. That's what I kind of like about, about the season. I mean, look, like, we, we already put up that stat since, since 2012, 2013. You know, we uh, team didn't get 100% this year. A lot of people, listen, the bookies came through with their stupid ass numbers. Uh, uh, thank you, Salvador. We love you back. But uh, we all knew, we all knew that wasn't a great book. Wasn't a great book. 
else, but we'll see what happens. I just want to get and make sure I get everybody in here, Rafa. Um, got a game this Wednesday against Leche, right? Leche at home. This Wednesday at home, two forty-five Eastern. Uh, Leche this this weekend, and then Saturday at two forty-five on the road to Lazio. Uh-huh. By then, the Mercato will be over, so we'll know mm. our complete squad. And I think by then, we will have a UEFA squad to hand in as well, because that's coming up quick, quick, quick. I think that's midweek after Lazio, to be honest with you. Nope. <laughs> I think so. But anyway, until then, guys, uh, thank you for joining us. Rafa, great show as always. Thank you to the chat. Thank you to all our audio listeners from the Far From Vesuvius podcast. Uh, we love y'all. But until then... Fortunately, sempre, guys. Ciao, ciao. Sempre. Ciao, ciao.